Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to episode five, uh, part one of It's All About the CX. Um, del delighted to be joined today by Fergal MacDonald and also uh, John Foley as well. So look, um, we closed off our, our last episode and we, we did discuss uh, over, the over the next couple of weeks that we will be bringing in different industry experts uh, and vertical leads from, from Oracle to, I suppose, broaden our conversation and look at kind of macro trends and some micro trends which are also affecting uh, affecting companies and then I suppose the big the big one which is, which is Brexit as well which we'll, we'll, we'll talk, talk about a bit. Um, I hope you like our, our new studio. Uh, we've, we've gone big, gone large, so uh, so look, without further ado, um, we'll, we'll kick off into it. So, Virgil, look, thank you very much for, for joining us today. Um, it would be great if you could just kind of introduce yourself um, to the rest of the audience. Uh, a lot of the guys internally already would know, know, know you very well. Um, but just to, I suppose, some, some of our, our listeners, some of our, the guys who are watching, just to put a context around. Yeah, thanks Barry. So my name is Virgil. So I, my title and role, I'm a senior manager within Oracle um, and I deal specifically with consumer goods and retail businesses. So we're um, within our offering, we're responsible for the CX stack, which is everything um, marketing, sales and service orientated. Um, particular res uh, resonates particularly within um, retailers and consumer goods as they're at the forefront of dealing with consumers. Um, and within our unit, we operate with and, and, and deal with businesses within a particular uh, revenue profile. So the UKI businesses predominantly, um, with a revenue profile of between 100 and 800 million turnover. So that's a, it's an exciting space because those businesses have certain characteristics. Mm -hmm. They're usually fast moving themselves. They're usually very agile, but typically as they're growing through that revenue path of you know 100 million to 800 million, they're probably experiencing their own growing pains. They probably have invested in technologies or processes or a way of doing businesses that may be kind of hampering their growth at the moment. Maybe they want to grow internationally themselves, um, maybe their own efficiency drive, but um, they usually consult us with the helping them accelerate to the next phase of their business growth, which is a, a great conversation to have. We're very interested. Absolutely. I, I, I like the way that you said that they're, they're going through growing pains. I don't think any company is a in business not to grow yeah um, I, I think as, as some of the questions that I know John is itching to, to get stuck into <laughs> um, it'll become apparent why these growing pains come around um, and I suppose different industry trends as well to, to kind of understand potential impacts that they, they can have uh, within these companies uh, but I, I just like the fact that it, it is exciting they're, they're going through a form of change and growth and expansion and I suppose it is something to get really really excited about. And moving away from spreadsheets to control everything which is a big deal, big obstacle for a lot of businesses. So I might start off, you mentioned that obviously you focus on the UK and Irish market which is very relevant to us. Um, so I'll start off with kind of an overview question. So what in your opinion is the state of retail and the consumer goods sector? Okay, I suppose well, if you have a look at the, um, the analysts who are um, making commentaries on the sector, there's a, there's a 
there's a lot happening, there's a lot evolving. Um, and firstly and foremost, in consumer goods and retail, it's, it's focused and centered around the consumer. So us as consumers, our habits are changing. We're all digital natives now. Um, we expect um, a very, very high level of service. We expect to be able to order what we want when we want and possibly have it the next day. Um, but all beyond that, you know, we're, we're, we're becoming more demanding and we, we almost want something, or demand or expect something that's relevant to me personally, individually, something that suits me, fits my stage in life, fits my lifestyle, fits my habits. We're always looking for relevance. Um, on top of that, um, the evolving, I suppose, consumers that are coming into the market, maybe the 20 and 30 year olds, they're very, very um, environmentally conscious. So they're looking to purchase or put their money on companies or products or offerings that they think are eco-friendly or sustainable or help in terms of the environmental impact. That has big implications for business in terms of proving their supply, uh, uh, where their supply chain comes from, etc. And we're also interested in health benefits. You know, we're no longer purchasing Coke. We're kind of buying innocent smoothies, mm -hmm. you know, with fresh food, etc. So a lot, a lot of health benefits um, which are coming into the environment. From a macro context, uh, the Western European population is stagnating, so there's no growth through population growth there. There's yeah. growth through population growth from further flung geographies, um, but what that means for UKI businesses is that you know there's a, do they go global and then there's global supply chain um, uh, implications. There's also multi-currency, multi-language implications, etc. Um, uh, so it it it. It, even though there is growth in those geographies, there's complexities to their business and how do they scale the business in order to be able to meet those complexities. Also, um, in terms of then marketing to the individuals, the consumer goods and retailers need to be able to deliver personalized experiences. So their systems need to be able to segment almost down to the level of the individual to know what their consumers are interested yeah. in or still need. Um, within the Western European market, the analysts are saying that there is growth Possible, even though the market is stagnated, but it's it's possible through the introduction of niche offerings or niche goods that are relevant to individuals, whatever those yeah. niche offerings are. And that means businesses need to be agile, they need to be able to rapidly develop product very very quickly, yeah. and and have that product available to the market quickly to be able to leverage these niche markets as they grow within their environment, because otherwise they'll just um, um, they'll just be outpaced by more agile competitors. I absolutely love the couple of points there as well that you made around the whole digital native uh, generation of, of buyers and consumers that are, are coming through. Um, like myself and John have, have, have discussed it in a, in a couple of previous episodes and I can actually see that becoming more and more relevant in the conversations that we have. And then just around the whole personalization, um, like I, we're kind of seeing it in trends across across the board in the B two B as well as the B two C market, where um, you know having that the, the tiny bit of personalized touches um, are, are the difference can be the difference between somebody being loyal to a brand and, and somebody deciding, do you know what, they don't really like me, they don't want my business, I'm going to move on. So actually, you mentioned there uh, how the consumer is changing and how expectations are changing. 
and then all of a sudden you mentioned like eco-friendly or eco-conscious consumer as well and then it kind of gets me to think on the other side of like forever 21 because i imagine they were their type of consumers so yeah. what do you think the trends were around forever 21 and perhaps why that wasn't successful yeah they're a microcosm of, of a number of those trends in the market again if you look at the analysts um Forever 21 has recently filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, so um, the business isn't gone, but they're maybe needing to restructure, um, hold off um, their their creditors, um, and, and access money and resources in order to be able to exit their um, Chapter 11 filing um, as a healthy business that's able to operate profitably in the medium to long term. So, what are those factors? Uh, fa uh, Forever 21 is a fast fashion retailer. Mm -hmm. So um, very much kind of the cheaper style clothing to the younger consumer, um, very, very successful um, uh, and expanded um, uh, globally. Yeah, mm -hmm. Now, what is happening now, the analyst has said that they've struggled to differentiate against okay. H&M and Zara. Um, they've also um, struggled to take their success in bricks and mortar and replicate it online. So they're, they're struggling with that omni-channel kind of online purchase anywhere you want. Also, interestingly, the analysts are saying, um, you know, not only the scale, not only the, the inability to execute online, but interestingly, the analysts are saying that they're also having difficulty with consumers who don't see the ethical sourcing within Forever 21. They're yeah. not able to prove that the cheap T-shirts clothing isn't purchased in you know from maybe inappropriate kind of manufacturing facilities in, in lower income areas whereas others such as H&M and Zara are able to improve their supply chain so as I say nearly a microcosm of all those global factors um, uh, and that's resulting in them having to so what they're the understanding of the analysts are saying is that they're, they're having to retrench back globally, back to their, their original power base around Latin America um, and Mexico, um, uh, exit many of the, the stores that are, are unprofitable um, and, 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 and kind of reinvent themselves in their connection with their with their consumers. With that said, so we can talk about, or we can, we're fully aware there's red flags all over the place about the bricks and mortar moving to online. So we have Forever 21, Toys R Us, all these big retailers. Do you think management are changing their mindset of like, all right, we actually need to implement a certain type of software or we need to take digital uh, as a different uh, channel and actually focus on this and actually put resources behind this? Or what's the kind of mindset in, in, in companies now at the moment? Yeah, I suppose the difference here between retail and consumer goods, the consumer goods are generally um, so they sell to the retailers who sell on to the end consumers. Mm -hmm. Now, with consumer goods, that means that traditionally they maybe have to hand an online e-commerce channel. Right. Yeah. But those um, those market trends of knowing your 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 customer and staying relevant is that consumer goods. There's a massive trend in consumer goods businesses. It's called B2C, which is direct to consumer. So they need to be able to sell direct to the consumer. So that means that they need to a online e-commerce channel so it's probably the first time they're doing that right. or maybe they've only dipped their toe in the water and they need to scale up now the implications for those businesses is that that 
online e-commerce channel. In order to be able to make sense, needs to be able to deliver services to their B2B customers mm -hmm. and the B2C customers. And that uniquely is a characteristic of the platform they chose. It happens to be a characteristic of Oracle's platform. It is B2B and B2C. Um, but it, it wouldn't make sense to have two different platforms or two different channels if it's not agile, it's not flexible, it just wouldn't make sense for both businesses and how they work. Um, for the B2C um, uh, uh, retailers, you know, they've had uh, uh, online e-commerce has been a fact of life for many years now, but maybe they're coming into their second evolution of those systems. And the second evolution of those systems is no longer just offering the capability to purchase online but it's, it's, it's knowing when people come onto their site and their, their engaging with browse behaviors, their engaging with search behaviors, to be able to surface relevant personalized offerings to those people. Um, you know, Oracle made a really good recent acquisition in Infinity Streams, mm -hmm. um, which is a kind of a groundbreaking technology. So it knows when I'm you know, looking, looking for my runners, yeah. um, I'm searching for them, I'm browsing it, it into a basket that maybe I'm not executing their purchase. If I'm if I'm logged in, it can either surface me an offering on the website or it can send me an email. That's highly relevant to yeah. me and I, I may purchase. If I didn't have the time to do it because I was making my coffee yeah, or engaging yeah. chat, I might do it 20 minutes later when I get the email. So one com one context is almost a must of online e-commerce for B2B and B2C, and the other is accelerating the evolution to, to understand customer behaviors. And again, this is, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head with, with so many topics that myself and John have discussed over, over the last four, four weeks. This whole, you know, behavioral buying, people abandoning baskets. Um, like the last couple of weeks, we've, we've spent a bit of time focusing on around commerce and, and service and, and sales and how they can all link join together but actually provide companies with better insights in different buying patterns um, like, I, like from, from a digital transformation point of view we were talking about companies going through that second cycle um, like what what are the, the challenges that they potentially should look at if, if, if they've already got a commerce solution in play and they think that they're, they're thinking does what I need it to do, but what should they be maybe considering, you know, if, if to take them to that next step, so that they don't become a Forever Twenty One, or you know, and that they stay relevant with their with their, with their consumers. I suppose the ability to be able to communicate and offer relevant offerings to your consumers is no longer just a function of the online e-commerce stores. Yeah, in isolation. It's, it's an entire communication you know ecosystem yeah so and also you know all the analysts are saying is that retailers need to be omnichannel they need to offer in-store experiences as well as online experiences but on the mobile you know through SMS through in-app messaging you know so it's that it's that an understanding and reacting to web browsing behaviors so no longer just purchasing e-commerce, it's, it's understanding the spectrum of technologies that enable you to know your consumer's behavior, and maybe give them relevant offerings, even when they're in-store, at the point of sale, at the tail, 
both by email or SMS or phone messages. So it's that wider ecosystem of customer experience is our language for it, and, and, and knowing and understanding and being relevant to your consumers at the point that they're interested in purchasing. And from from our episode four uh, of it's all about the CS, um, myself and John were actually challenging potential customers to approach us and led us to a customer journey and customer mapping session and actually go in and have a look at all the different channels that they could potentially purchase from mm -hmm. but actually kind of mapping it, mapping it out and I think John spoke about it in a previous episode it's, it's the different swimming lanes mm -hmm. and, and, and trying to understand okay if, if they're if they're mobile why are they doing it at home in the evening time, different peak times and traffic, traffic in, is, is it a seasonal, is it when they do the sales, to try to get the insight and understand, understand better. And one thing I'll say as well is like if you were to look at demographics now and we were to go, oh I'm looking for males between let's say 35 and <laughs> north of that. So like just, just, just taking the room in, 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 in context here, like we're more or less in that range category, right? But like, look at my runners, right? I will not wear the same shoes as these two gentlemen. Just show your shoes there for a second. Completely different. All three completely different. So we're getting a completely different message the whole time. And you should be able to get that granular. Yeah. And then analysts actually talk about being able to market to the segment of one. Exactly. Which That's is perfect. Segment of one, let me write that down. Uh, <laughs> and really, that is actually a power of Oracle again, our you know, consumer kind of communication, what we call cross channel orchestration yeah. as an engine, it's called responses. Mm -hmm. It is a really, really powerful data model underneath that enables you what we call segment down to characteristics to make it more and more personalized, more and more granular, more and more relevant to the consumer, and more and more appealing. I'm not so mad about your shoes, I like mine though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually, do you know what, you've, you've, you've hit a really good point there. I think myself and John actually need to... Buy new shoes? <laughs> <laughs> quite, quite, quite possibly, but I, I was actually going to say, but hold on a second, John. We, myself and uh, Virgo like, look like we're going to work. We don't look like we're... That's because I'm always <laughs> on the run. I'm always moving, I'm always busy. But uh, I, we've, we've broken out some... Um, discussed in great detail a few case studies over the last couple of weeks so I think doing a case study around responses and, and the power that that platform has to go down into that individual personalized and hyper personalized message across across the whole omni stack I think that's, that's I, why I think it's a really good thing to do um, one thing so I love to talk about and we love to talk about the podcast is the controllables what you can control within your business because sometimes you just can't control the external factors. But we'd be remiss if we weren't to talk about the external factors that are coming down to the UK market at the moment. Yeah. So, in your opinion, Virgo, what are the external factors retailers are facing at the moment? Yeah, um, we're sitting here and outside is blowing a storm, Lorenzo. And I'm going <laughs> to cycle in this morning because of it. Now, that seems a little bit glib. Where am I going with that? But, like, one thing that the analysts do say in terms of one of the trends in if, if you're involved in the global business with global supply chain, global supply chain is more and more exposed and vulnerable to external shocks. Mm -hmm, yeah. External shocks can actually be major kind of weather events, disasters, 
geopolitical events such as Brexit. Mm -hmm. um, the thing with a shock is that it's unexpected. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's something that's unexpected. And you ask me, you know, if you were to say to me, what what should retailers or consumers or be thinking about in terms of Brexit? Like none of us know what's going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. It's the unknown. When it happens, will it be a shock? No, because we're all a little bit fatigued with Brexit. Yeah. Yeah. But in any of these external factors, no matter what they are, I think what's becoming more and more apparent is the businesses that succeed and thrive are the businesses that are, are, the, are, the business that are agile. Yeah. So what's agile? Agile is understanding context, taking in information, understanding that information, making a decision and executing a decision quickly. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean in terms of technology? That framework is what cloud is all about. Cloud-based software is all about agility, easy to adopt, easy to run, easy to change, and basically it gives you as your business the capability to react to change. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest learning for me as you know these external events become more and more relevant, more and more prevalent, is, is that the businesses that are running cloud as true cloud are the businesses that are more able to react to change um, and constantly thrive in that environment, in that changing environment. Do you keep on coming up with these so relevant and amazing points? So one of our, our very first podcasts and a number of videos that, that John helped me kind of produce before we, we, we start doing the podcast properly, uh, there was a resounding theme that we kept on going back to, which was about connecting data. So Oracle as a whole, we're, we're all about data. And it's breaking down data silos, you know, either globally or you know, different geographical points. But it's, it's connecting the data, connecting through connected intelligence to provide connected experiences. And I think that's, I think that's something that we have to keep on having to go back and, and talk about. Like it, we don't care where your data is, but we can to it and provide some intelligence around that through through the different platforms, through the different toolings that we have, but we can de definitely provide a connected experience for, for consumers. Can I just pick up on one thing you mentioned there further about how businesses need to be agile? So what, what I want to make sure is that when a business wants to become agile, what they don't want to do or what they want to do is be successful in whatever they take on, whether it's a software or new technology. So how can they ensure that, that it's successful once there's an implementation period? Or, yeah. or what are the red flags they should be looking for to make sure that's a smooth transition? Okay, well, with any implementation project, um, a North Star is the why. Okay. And if you don't understand your why, yeah. it's, it's a risk. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you mentioned the customer journey mapping. Yeah. You mentioned uh, understanding what the ideal customer journey is across different channels, different times of day, different types of consumers. We do that, absolutely, but we do that in an environment that we continually would challenge, respectfully challenge, but challenge and understand our customers as to the why. Okay, you're doing something successfully today, but you see that as a problem. Why? What's the outcome of the business benefit of fixing that issue? Yeah. So that understanding of the why bring that into your project, your project team, and, and the, the why is always the North Star mm -hmm. when it goes to the project. Other critical thing in terms of all project literature, even in a, a 
bio-based environment, which is rapid and agile, easy to adopt, still need cross-functional support because, as I mentioned, within, let's say, online e-commerce, it's no longer just a function of being able to add to a cart, click, pay. You need to be able to market to the person. There could be offers at a tail. If there's a, a click and collect, you know, does the person know who you are and are they trying to upsell at the moment when they come in? Do they know who you are and you, they know you like those runners? So what that means is, is that there's much more of what we call stakeholders within a project. It's not just digital e-commerce, it's in-store experience, it's marketing, it's after-sales experience. I don't want to be marketing to a person when I'm having a serious problem with turning on the book. You know, so yeah. that means that means <laughs> you've got to have cross-functional support and you have to have cross-functional support at, a, at an appropriate level within the business to be able to make decisions quickly. And then obviously, finally, um, you understand your North Star you have cross-functional support. Technology vendor is really important that you're going to be able to deliver everything and maybe even delivering things that you haven't thought of. Again, this is where Oracle comes in with these 20 to 800 million businesses. We've got front office, back office solutions. We've got very, very powerful technical. These are all huge differentiators for us. We can solve supply chain. We can solve planning. We can solve budgeting. Uh, we can solve CX and marketing. So that breadth and power of being able to address all these business issues is again a critical differentiator for us. But the organization themselves, there is a you know there is a business change. So what's the two B of the business unit? Who needs to be in it? What resources um, uh, do they need to have access to? How do they need to be trained? And our technology partner, do we need them to assist us with any of those resources in a transition period while our business is changing the way it business and again it's a key strength of Oracle we've got the power of Oracle Consulting where we can do your digital marketing campaigns we can do your creative design um, uh, and basically we can heighten the likelihood that it's going to be a positive success for our customers. Yeah and, and, and you, you made another valid point there like uh, the power of our, with Oracle Consultancy as well like we can train train up companies and they can shadow them to actually take ownership and own it for themselves so that not relying on external third parties and management to maintain it. I'm saying that we've thousands of partners who, who work with us uh, and they do a brilliant job, but for a lot of companies, they might want to put this in-house and yeah. themselves. Um, I also like the point that myself and John are, are, are going to be chatting to, to some of the guys from, from the back office as well over the next few weeks to actually kind of let you maybe understand you know, why somebody would look at an ERP why are they changing it? What impact does that have to the rest of the business? Because you're making changes towards the back end, but you've still got front of house applications that are serving customers. They're, you know, <laughs> it can have a, it can have a huge, huge knock-on effect. And, and, and I think, you know, we're we're starting to see a lot more projects um, with the back back office and the front so that there's so we talked there we talked earlier on about agile development of new products in consumer goods to meet new markets so we have a recent uh, project uh, that is in implementation at the moment where part of it was you know what you what you call a back office solution which is called product hub which is basically a way to enable a a, a customer it does many things R&D in the product, realize the product, and enable it go into production to 
access um, that markets quick. Yeah. So we combining that with a recom solution. So we're solving two parts of the proposal. They're intrinsically linked about the power of our Oh no! I was just going to say that I, I think I think when, when we when we do get the guys from the back office in, I think we'll again dissect the case study that that has that, and I, I think there's one around uh, Ferrari. Yes, I do. we don't get free one unfortunately, but maybe we'll, we'll we'll discuss them because I think there was there was three three different solutions between HR, um, ERP, and then also CX. So, when it comes to uh, adapting, what we want to look at is we want the why, the North Star. <laughs> we want to get all the stakeholders in the room aligned, and then on-silo the business units. Is that correct? Anything else you'd have done that? You know, it's every context is different, right. and every business is different. So, you know, some businesses, there may be other levels of complexity, you know, is the data, you know, What's the status of the existing data in, etc., etc., etc. But typically, if you have the why of the project, mm -hmm. you've got decision makers that are aligned. The project is well resourced, and you know your two B. You know if you've got tick, tick, tick in those mm -hmm. boxes, the likelihood of project success with a very, very strong technology partner is significantly higher. Mm -hmm. um, and what I might ask as well, because the podcast is great because we can talk, but obviously we want to talk to our customers, and our customers want to talk to their customers. And also, anybody interested in Oracle wants to have conversation. So perhaps we talk about events that are coming up, or is there any events that you've been to recently? Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to Festival of Marketing next week. Looking forward to that. Okay, where's that? Um, that's in, in London. Okay. Uh, the tobacco shop. Um, but also, um, we have an Oracle MCX uh, Modern Customer Experience coming up on the 20th of November. So um, really looking forward to that. Typically, the thing I love about these events is you get access to Oracle, you know, senior executives, product managers, what's happening with the product. It's usually exciting to see what's in terms of future developments, what's coming down um, the line. I think it's also fantastic to, to understand and to hear from customers how these adopting these solutions today. Um, you have your, you know, your early majority, like as I say, online solutions are pretty much the standard, and so to understand how they're um, pushing themselves to, to improve their delivery to the customer. But you always have the, the early adopters there. So yeah. hearing those early adopter stories, last year we heard about a cashless hotel resort, which I thought was cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> and on, you always get these really, really great stories. There's keynote speakers, um, external to Oracle, you know, startups, analysts, uh, big corporations, and how they're meeting the challenges of those, those trends in consumer goods and retail. It's always fascinating. Um, so look, I, I, I would definitely, look, it's 20th of November on in the Hilton Bank site. Um, look, again, we'll, we'll stick the link um, above in the post. Um, you can message myself or, or John directly if you're interested in, in attending. As Virgil said, I think they're, they're, starting to, they're starting to get some really good speakers involved. And if you click through on the link, you'll actually see the customers who, who are actually going to speak on the day. Um, I think we, we discussed in the last podcast as well, there's going to be some really good breakout sessions. Mm -hmm. um, Which I love. <laughs> uh, particular, particularly around uh, one, of, one of the initiatives we're doing around our Eloqua uh, marketing automation tool. I, I, I think it's a, it, 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 it's, a, it's, 
a really good one to actually sit down, have a chat with the engineers. They can actually show you how easy it is to actually get a campaign up and running and, and managing it yourself. Yeah. So, uh, and as well as that, podcasts are like a whistle-stop tour. Like we talked to Fergal here today. Thanks very much, very much. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's touched on a lot of things. But like if you really want to get into the nitty-gritty about something, the events are great. Yeah. Because you can really just sit down, grab a coffee, let's have an honest conversation about whatever's on your mind. Yeah. Or not, just listen to the speakers, take it all take it all on board, and then you know, take it back in-house into your company and think, okay, where can I make a change? And then reach out and have a have a conversation. So like it, it's you know, do do what you feel is best best for you and your company. Um well look, Virgo. Thank you very much for Pleasure. joining us today. Um, I, I definitely would like to get you back maybe about five or six weeks' time. My when appearance fee <laughs> goes up yeah. with every subsequent interview. I'll just write down a figure here. <laughs> yeah. um, because I suppose, look, in November we're going to have Brexit. And it would just be, you know, we've, we have the MCX, um, event, MCX event coming up. And yeah, look, it would be just, if, if there's any kind of thing that be able to share with our with our listeners. Also, as well, look if, if you have a question you would like to ask Virgo, he, he is our, our, our retail guru here. And um, look, drop himself or John a line, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll definitely uh, pass it on. Thanks, lads. So, thanks very much. So so thanks very much, guys. Have a productive week. <laughs> Give me one second. This is the first time I'm actually going to have to do some.